Hey, everybody. Still in the new year. Still feeling a little laggy. I'm still writing 2023 on my checks. Yes, I write checks. Well, that's a complete lie. But I'm typing in 23 on the keyboard. Johnny, we're doing a part two over here with our old friend, Brian Coyne. He wrote a very personable article about how Bitcoin's going to join the big league. Absolutely. I'm, I'm delighted to, to get Brian back. I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago. I said, come on, Brian, I want you to tell our listeners a bit about your background and history and why is it relevant today? So, Brian, thank you for um, doing the article. I know we've had a bit of to and fro because I have to be honest, I love the way you write because it's, it's very much from the heart. Well, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yes, I've, I find being a simple boy from Africa, I've always found keeping it simple kiss is the way that I've been able to do my whole life. And even, you know, getting through law school, I wasn't a top student and probably I wasn't the greatest lawyer. Maybe that's why I stopped law and went into derivative trading. Derivative trading was my forte. For some reason, I've, I've fallen in love with derivatives, with options with the futures and the ability to buy and sell, short, uh, sell options, buy options. I've loved that. And it's kept me going. What's changed my life even more so is the crypto world, as I keep telling you fellows. There's no one a bigger believer than me. All right. Well, ha- hang on, bro. Hang on. Can we just go back a step? What are derivatives? Because I know they're massive, you know, over a quadrillion size. But why should, why should our listeners care about derivatives that most of them can't even spell it, let alone know what they mean. Is it got an F or a V in it? Well, that's a good question. So a derivative future, an option is a right, but not an obligation to purchase a predetermined asset at a predetermined price at a predetermined date. What does that mean? Yeah. If I think the market's going up, let's keep it simple. Let's say the dollar to the pound at 128. If I think the dollar is going to go to 150, I could buy a call option. Now, if the market goes up to there, I could make the difference between 128 and 150, call it 12. And for that, I might only pay half a buck. So it means I'm risking 50 cents to make $12. If I get it wrong, I lose my 50 cents. If I get it right, bush, bash, boom, I make my 50 cents times 24, i.e. 12. Okay, so that sounds to me a bit like speculation and gambling. but most of the derivatives market is used more for insurance, isn't it? Well, for every insurance, you need a speculator. The, the derivative market is made up of two caliber of people. You have speculators, hedge funds, for example, and uh, hedges, which would be like insurance companies. So an insurance company knows that come December, they have to redeem $100 million worth of uh, policies. So they know that in December, they have to sell $100 million worth of an asset. They could do it right now, and they would be the hedger, and the speculator would be the person taking the other side, saying, you know what, right here, right now, I think the market's going up. So it's a win-win. The the insurance company gets the certainty that they need, and the speculator gets the risk that they need. So everyone's a winner. Got it. But it's not just in financial markets you have derivatives, is it? It's agricultural and manufacturing. Yes, it stretches from commodities from corn to gold to stock exchanges to you name it if 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 there's a price that you can trade there's a derivative on it prime example would be farmers trying to hedge their 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 crop if if i'm a soybean farmer in south america and i know it's going to cost me ten dollars a 
hectare to produce my soya beans. And say the price of soyas are trading at 35, I could say, you know what, I'm very happy to be guaranteed a profit. Let me sell now. So they would be the hedger. And the speculator would be a fund in New York that would say, you know what, soya beans look cheap. Let's just hedge ourselves as an inflation play. Both parties would benefit one way or the other. So the derivative market has far bigger uses than just gambling. Right. Okay. And you've been doing this for. 30, 35 years now? I think I started in 1986. I'm still wow. doing the same job. I still sit and do the same market today that I did on the 1st of January, 1986. What's that main market you do? That's the South African, uh, I trade South African indices mainly. That's my bread and butter. So that's South African, st- the, the, the indices, you're talking about equities, stocks and shares? Yes, yes, stocks and shares in, in South African market, yes. And you've worked for a number of big companies as well as now you've got your own brokerage. No, I still work for a big brokerage. I work for uh, a Catcher Fitzgerald BGC Partners where um, I run their South African equity derivatives desk. Okay. So, so sorry for sort of taking you back to basics, but I just think there's a lot of people that may have heard of the word derivatives but don't know what it means. It's, it's the biggest asset class by, by far. I mean, That's correct. One and 1.3 trillion, a uh, quadrillion. And as James knows, we've had this argument, you know, the, the Americans think there's only 18 noughts in a quadrillion, the Brits think there's 24, but we'll we'll come back to that. But what I was interested in talking to you is, given all your experience, and, and you are a wily old bird, so it's going to be difficult to pull the wool over your eyes, you think that blockchain has got something that can perhaps lend, teach, help the derivatives market be even more well, efficient? The other way, well, yes, I do, because derivatives relies on people. When a buyer and a seller do a, a trade, they need a middle party to manage the variation margin, i.e. the daily movement of cash. If, for example, go back to that farmer in Brazil, if the price of soybeans collapses and he's due a profit, we need to make sure the person that's losing pays him. So it's not his responsibility to phone the hedge fund in New York and say, Wait, please send me my money to XYZ bank account. You would have a middleman, normally an exchange, that would do that, and they would guarantee the parties. So exchanges do go bust from time to time, and exchanges have people and they have systems which are antiquated, and generally I feel that the exchange way of trading is a dying way because that everyone needs to have credit lines, and it just takes time and it takes admin. Not this can all be no. Whereas got, if we use... You've got risk, your counterparty. This, this is what or, people call counterparty risk. So, for example, a prime example is FTX. No one thought that FTX would be anyone's counterparty risk. You know, they could have done whatever they wanted, but they were the risk. So yeah. even though we talk about crypto in a negative sense, and we talk about the, the, the collapse of the exchanges, whether it was Mt. Gox or FTX, those were controlled by people just like NASDAQ, and other markets, other exchanges are controlled by people. But if we would utilize blockchain technology, whoa, 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 things get exciting because then we take the human element out of it. We have a situation where there's a predetermined, everything is predetermined in advance. And if you agree to it, it's automated and everything gets digitalized. It gets done in the, the web. Um, buyers are protected, sellers are protected, transfers are automatically taken care of. And in the event of a default or specific situation, the exchange, the 
automated contract can actually liquidate itself. So it's a lot less error prone and far more amenable to the new world that we're in now of instantaneous gratification. Okay, so so even though you could have a a, a derivatives contract with a, with 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 if you like a buyer or a seller of of the derivative, and that could last for for several months, every day there's this variation margin. So there's a there's a small adjustment of money flowing between the parties potentially almost every day in some cases, and sometimes twice or three times a day. If you have a very volatile market, that could you know you wow. could have a situation where you have to put up margin three or four times a day. So that's a, that's a lot of administration, a lot of lot of flow of funds going between. You can see how easy it is to get the reconciliation, and, and a lot of trust. So you know you need people to trust one another because if I tell you know if the price of copper collapses and I'm on the other side of the trade and I say, all right, look, don't worry, I'm sending you money. You know, there's a four hour period where you know I'm waiting for that money to hit my account, but I'm losing millions and I'm relying on you to be doing what you say you're going to do. Got it. This, this all gets taken away with the new you know automated trading systems that are available in DeFi. And and you, you is, talked about, you, I loved your expression that the transparency triumph, no more black boxes. Can you, can you explain a black box? What do you mean by that? And, and how smart contracts sort of cut through well, a lot of Black box is a proprietary trading system that each bank would utilize for its own, own use and its own requirements. And it would do what's best for itself. It doesn't care about the market or the counterparts. And the black, the black box that I see would be done away with whereby everyone would have an equal opportunity to be able to trade because the DeFi rules would be published for all to see. And the great thing about blockchain is there's no uncertainty. Everything is certain. Uh, anyone can read the full working papers of Bitcoin or any, uh, blo- you know, any blockchain from A to Z. Everything is there. And you would then be able to have complete certainty. So you would know in the event that the market moves 2% against you, what's going to happen if it moves 1%, if it moves half a percent, if it moves 20%. And these would all be predetermined, non-negotiable situations that would take away uncertainty from all parties concerned. So presumably that could be very helpful for the regulator because they could actually carry out what-if scenarios very easily. Because they say, what happens if the market falls by 10, 20, 30, 40%? Who who's then going to have to make capital calls? Who may have capitality challenges? So you could see it being a very useful tool for regulators. Not only for regulators, but for for people that might not be comfortable in the OTC market, because you know, at the end of the day, who really wants to take on counterparty risk of a copper mine in Chile or or an exchange in Santiago when you can actually have a predetermined situation, guarantee you know, where you know exactly and can see exactly what's going to happen, all events. Got it. Got it. Uh, why? Why haven't? Obviously, there's been some changes recently. Uh, ISDA the uh, have been working, and that's like the governing body of sort of derivatives. You could almost see it as, and that, that they have some agreed standards in their master agreements. Although derivatives exchanges and derivatives operate on a global basis, there are some predetermined rules and regulations that, well, not regulations, but sort of yeah, standards that they agree to. They they've they're now allowing smart contracts they've just recently announced they're going to start allowing tokenized collateral why why haven't we seen greater automation coming in do you think i think twofold one people don't like change and two for the people that are controlling the situation it's not in their instant it's not in their uh what's the word 
their interests to actually change the situation because they're going to be putting themselves out of jobs. That's the truth of the issue. You know, you don't need you don't need a hundred man back office anymore when you can have an automated digital contract that does everything and that everyone knows exactly what's going to happen from the regulators to the buyer to the seller to the trader. Everyone can see exactly when you know the margin will be paid, how it will be paid, you know, whether the counterparty is running out of margin, if they're running out of margin. They know that it'll be closed out instantaneously. There's no uncertainty. There's no guessing. There's no waiting for hours. It makes everyone a lot more comfortable. And in certain instances, people don't want that. You know, change sometimes is bad. Got it. Got it. James, come on. You know a little bit about derivatives and black boxes. You've built a few in your time. What, what do you reckon to what Brian's saying? Well, for one, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd be more than happy to see my old career just collapse into the into the breaks of the ocean with the whole black boxes, smart order routing, dark pools. It, I agree that it's over. In theory, it's over. And and blockchain technology and smart contracts allow for a new a target audience. I was I was expecting Brian to go there a little bit. And so that's my question for you. What is your opinion, if you have one, on more people? Even though, you know, we're taking at the end of the day, it's still people, more people with less money, given the ability to participate. Right. So now Whoa. now grandma can eventually we're going to assume whether it's grandma or our 18 year old kids, because I think both lack a little technology in their skill sets today, but they will be able to take their very small amounts of money that are safe and get involved in the same things that you and I do. That's coming. For sure, that's coming. You know, you see some of the exchanges that are offering five and ten times gearing on, on Bitcoin. I hate that because that, that that's what's creating volatility and causing problems for, for small people and basically making them men in the street lose all their money. So I, I'd like to see that done away with, and I'd like to see the options market coming back stronger and allowing people to to rather invest five hundred pounds and have the ability to make twenty thousand, and if they get it wrong, to lose five hundred, I'd feel a lot more comfortable than than that. Whereas at the moment, it's not in you know the exchanges in China and Europe or whatever you are not really offering these products yet. But this will come. This is this is definitely uh, will come as the market becomes more mature. Yeah, I was going to say there's not a lot of options options right now for crypto but i was there are but not but they are but not not for the man in the street but i think once bitcoin gets closer to my target of a million dollars a coin i think then you'll start seeing uh the market become a lot more sophisticated and a lot more of these products and the ability for the man in the street to trade on on that basis is going to be a lot better and stronger and there'll be more opportunity because Capital growth after a million bucks is going to be minimal on Bitcoin, I believe. More so we've got a while to go. More power so Brian, is, right? Brian, there's two things playing out here then. One is the use of the technology behind things like Bitcoin being used in the existing derivatives market. But there's also the whole derivatives market potentially helping to fuel cryptocurrencies themselves. So they're almost working in a symbiotic way in, in, in to some well, Yes and no. I mean, we've got the exchange-traded funds which have come on, but that's just another way of buying Bitcoin, but it's also going to be another way of selling Bitcoin. But yes. uh, you, you need the underlying use of the Bitcoin to 
filter through to the world and for people to see the ability that Bitcoin has to transform their finances and their, uh, as, you know, their, their investment portfolios. And, and when people start seeing that, then it's going to create more demand. And as there's more demand, people are going to have to come up with more innovative ways of allowing people to hedge. Because at the moment, no one is going to want to hedge Bitcoins, really. You know, so that, that means that we have to wait a little bit longer. I believe until there's a good two-way market in the in sentiment, and that's not there yet. There's right. either believers or non-believers, and a non-believer doesn't want to go short Bitcoin. They just don't get involved. Got it. So, so we need the markets need to be have greater depth, and also be just seen. It's another asset that can be traded as opposed to being particularly against or for the asset. In other words, exactly, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, f- fascinating. I and I, I generally would thoroughly recommend you to read Brian's article. A lot, a lot of passion. Speaks in a very, very clear, concise way, which is quite unusual for a South African. But you know, we'll get. Oh, Johnny, I'll right. ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thank you, thank you Don't for joining. Tell us about the rugby. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd got away with it. I thought I got away with it. I was watching at the weekend. South African rugby at the moment, at club level, is just. It's on a different level. It really is. But yeah, um, we can have another we can have another podcast on that. I think, yeah, God, no, because yeah. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna definitely lose that one the way our rugby is at the moment. But there you go. There you go. And James, that's rugby with a funny oval ball, not not soccer with a round ball as you know it. Oh, it's football. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. They call it football. Brian, thank you ever so much. Thanks and, for having me on, guys. All the best for 2024. And uh, I look forward but to it. But Brian, before you go, if anyone would like <laughs> to get a hold of you. The best bet is probably through LinkedIn, and it's Brian B R Y A N Coin C O Y N E, or you can yep. just contact James Tiley or myself, Johnny Fry, on LinkedIn, and we'll get a copy of Brian's um, article too. But thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week with another edition. Thank you. Thanks, fellas.